Jack loves Jesus and knows he's a son. As Jack goes about his life, he is bold for the gospel and he's bold in love. As he moves in love, he's seeing the Lord touch people. He's seeing people be delivered from demons. He's seeing drug users be, the shackles of drug use be broken off of people. Jack's going to describe what his life is like and how you can walk in the same authority because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Hello, my friends. It is the Firestorm Live broadcast. I am your host, Scott Gilbert, and it is my joy every week to bring you born-again, spirit-filled believers that are moving in a level of comfort with co-laboring with the Holy Spirit. Because that's what Jesus said we would do, is that we would co-labor with him. And it's thrilling. So tonight, my guest is my friend Jack Bain. And if you heard one of the previous shows, you may have heard Mora, his wife Mora. She had just beautiful testimonies of how she's seeing the Lord touch people and heal people in Lynn Haven Mall and in stores and as a normal part of her life. And Jack is married to Mora. So I know there's going to be a cool part of how that, you, you know, that marriage is so fulfilling to Holy Spirit because when the two come together, we have this completion. It's just amazing. And what we're seeing in Firestorm is we're seeing activated couples that are going out there and they are truly breaking the enemy's hold over people. They are breaking the devil's back and they're coming in love. And the Lord is using these activated couples to be his hands and feet. And they're seeing healing and they're seeing people delivered and they're seeing people rededicated and they're seeing people saved as a normal part of their regular life. So my guest tonight is Jack Bain. Jack, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Scott. It's exciting. I'm so thrilled because, you know, we've known each other for a little while. And, um, you know, one of the important things of the Firestorm broadcast is I want people to know that we are all just normal folks, just like you. Mm -hmm. So, Jack, do you have, you know, a seminary degree? No. Do you have a job? Go to a building with a steeple on top. No. (laughs) Do you stand behind a pulpit? No. No. Okay. So what qualifies you to, you know, be the hands and feet of Jesus? Because I'm a son. I'm a loving son. He just loves me so much. And uh, I'm just, being a son, I think, really helps me step out. I mean, without that sonship, it would be a... It would be a hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'd be some love there. It'd be more works-based, but not coming and flowing from the love that I have, knowing who I am and whose I am. So that's, but I'm an engineer by day. Okay. And um, so, um, yeah, where we, we're, we're down in the oceanfront area. I don't know if you mentioned that, but uh, we lived in another part of Virginia Beach and actually God, and it's another whole story, another testimony, but God specifically had us move down to this area of the ocean front. I uh, told us a lot to buy. We bought a lot, tore down a house, built something. And uh, I just know that we're, th- th- I mean, we're just supposed to bring the presence of heaven down the ocean front. And, and that's you and your wife. Yeah. And actually uh, I'll, I'll be quite honest with you back in 2015. I need to give a specific testimony. Back in 2015, we were in this worship session, a long series of worship, uh, probably going on 45, 50 minutes. And the, and the Lord said, sit down and write. And a lot of times he'll tell me to journal. He'll just write me a, a love letter. How much he loves me, affirms me. And then out of the blue, he said, I'm tearing down the high places in Virginia Beach and specifically the oceanfront. And I was like, whoa, okay, Lord, go, Lord, go, Lord. And then he said, I'm taking back what's mine. 
And then a little bit later, then the lot comes and the house is built. So this is like a series of over a couple of years. So uh, we know God's all in it and, and he's doing it. We're just joining him. He's asked us, invited us to join him. So that's what we're doing. So beautiful. And, um, okay. So what are you seeing? What's the Lord doing with you? Uh, well, we're, um, there's no shortage of people that need love. Um, there's a convenience store right around the corner from us. It's a, if you know the oceanfront area, Virginia Beach, 16th, 17th Street, 18th Street, 19th Street. It's, it's a homeless quarter. From okay. the boardwalk all the way up to there's a homeless uh, Judeo-Christian Outreach Center, which is a great ministry out at the oceanfront down at Birdneck, near Birdneck and uh, Virginia Beach Boulevard. So there's a whole corridor of, of homeless flowing up and down through there. And yeah, um, there's a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, all that stuff. But uh, we just love people where they are, um, pray for them. And, um, you know, we try not to give out cash. We just try yeah. to kind of buy a bite, a, a bite to eat from 7-Eleven or a drink or something, you know. So, okay. but, um, but it's, it is a great, you mentioned more that is, she does complimentary really well. Mm-hmm. And, um, a lot of times I will hear a specific thing. Um, and she's really much better at the loving part. You know, she just, you know, her, you've seen her smile and yeah. the way she just opens up. She's so, um, refreshed to look at, you know, just really loving people just the way she comes across. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that with the two of you together is that you're right. Um, my, my wife is this way. She's very um, disarming. I mean, people are not uncomfortable with her, you know, and I think your wife is the same way. Uh, it's almost like they can naturally engage in a situation. Mm-hmm. And then the Lord, but the Lord doesn't give my wife a lot of words of knowledge, mm-hmm. doesn't give me a lot either, but we complement each other. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that doing outreach, love in action. Uh, with your wife, where she'll engage with someone, and then what will the Lord give you more information? Like she was telling yeah. a story about um, a homeless man. I remember when she was here, she told a story about a homeless man mm-hmm. that had injured his ribs and his shoulder. Right, right. And she engaged with him, but then you came in and prayed for him. And mm-hmm. what happened? Yeah, just stroke simple prayer. I don't even remember it so simple and short. I mean, in fact, I wasn't even finished talking, praying when I we, we both heard this pop. And uh, yeah, he. Well, what was that? And next thing you know, he's moving his arm up and down. And he, and then she shared the story. Of, and then the shoulder needed prayer. I needed healing because he had injured that separately. And um, and he already knew the Lord. I mean, he just immediately raised his hand up. We didn't have to coach him. He just raised his hand up and just said, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for healing me. So the Lord heals him right there, completely right. heals his right. broken rib. Right. You hear an audible pop of yeah. his body knitting back together. Yes. Thank All you, of Lord. his pain goes away. Mm-hmm. And then his shoulder injury is then healed. Right. And yeah. that's something that you and your wife, that's like a day in the life of the Baines. Right. Just yeah. living life, lo- loving people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, I, I just want to say, too, and I'll, I'll have some testimonies about it. I, I think one of the things that um, we have to be careful about is that it's not just the, just the physical. There's a, in fact, there's probably more heart wounds out there, especially. Well, look at what's going on in our culture right now. Yeah. There's a lot more heart wounds out there than almost there is physical. I mean, there's mm-hmm. plenty of physicals that need physical healing, but people's hearts need to, they need to be mended. They need to know the love of the Father. They need to know that somebody cares for them. They need to know that somebody loves them right where they are right now. And um, so a lot of times it's just a simple, hey, I love you. Your father loves you. And just speak a blessing over them. And um, you ah. know, just meet them where they are. 
you know. I think that's beautiful. And yeah. for our listeners that are that are tuning in, I want to thank you for listening to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert. The Firestorm Live broadcast is just sharing the testimonies of activated firestormers. Well, what are they? Those are just regular believers just like you. My friend Jack is our guest tonight. He's one of our firestormers that is out there being the hands and feet of Jesus, being love to people every day, everywhere he goes as a normal part of his life. And you know what? He is seeing the same things that we see in the book of Acts. He's seeing people saved. He's seeing people supernaturally healed in the moment when he prays for them. He's seeing people come to fullness in Christ, rededicate their life to Christ Mm -hmm. as a normal part of his everyday life. And Jack, if there would just be some encouragement to take all the believers that are listening to this right now, that I feel like a lot of them may be like I was, mm-hmm. and that I was, you know, following the Lord. I had walked with the Lord my whole life, mostly uh, a Christian for thirty-five years, maybe a you know full-time ministry, doing all the stuff right. But I felt like there was something missing, and what I learned that was missing for me was it wasn't about me waiting on God to do something. He was waiting on me mm-hmm. <laughs> to get a revelation of one that I was a son, how much he loved me. Mm-hmm. But the second massive revelation for me was that Jesus didn't come to show us what he could do, but he came as the perfect teacher to show us what we would do. And then he modeled it and basically said, okay, go practice. Yes. And I never yes. learned that in the church. Mm-hmm. I was never taught we should go practice <clears throat> mm-hmm. and do what Jesus did. Uh, which is when you see a hurting person, you pray for, you don't pray for them, you heal them. That's what the word says. Heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Amen. Yes. I never had a model of what that looked like. Right. I do now, and right. we're seeing amazing things happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just some other testimonies. Uh, if you would share what what are you seeing God do, and then how can our <clears throat> listeners take the next level how do how do they go to this what do i have to do do i have to fast for 40 days and is there some you know is there a a formula i'll tell you the secret is no there's not a formula how can we get people activated you know that's interesting i I was sitting here getting prepared for this that's exactly what i felt like uh, i was supposed to talk about was i think um you know um we 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 need to go to sunday to church right and we need to get a good word from the, the pastor leader but if we're not doing that on our own first, if we're waiting only to get fed on Sunday morning through somebody else, that is, that's a dead church. That's yeah. not, uh, so saints, I want to encourage you, be alive, be hopeful. That time you spend with him to get that special revelation for yourself, that you can get fed as much or more than your pastor. That's what I would encourage you is that time in the quiet place with him. It really it is such a sweet time, and it's such an encouraging time. It is such a uh, revelatory time. I just encourage you, and and that I'm so glad you mentioned that, Scott. And, and I think that comes from that is Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. Mm. When you have that confidence, you have that it's confidence. I guess is as part of it, but also just the assurance that who you are. As we start off with sonship, but knowing he gave you, he gave you a special revelation today that. Is is your is your fruit? It's your it should manifest manifest as as peace, kingdom peace. That when you go out, then you'll be able to love in truth and in spirit. And uh, I think that I think carrying the peace 
has to be a part of it. And, and it, again, not formulaic, but having that time with him and practicing that presence with him, just you and him. And I think that's just a sweet, sweet thing to start. I totally agree. And, you know, everybody said for me, you know, you, you're a Christian, you need to pray. Okay. And I would pray and I did for my whole life. And I found that my prayers honestly were really, really me centric. They were mm. focused on my needs, my concerns, my problems, my stresses. Uh, really, most of my life, that was the model. You bring, bring your, cast your cares upon him for he cares for you. And, and that's not wrong. Mm -hmm. However, I rarely walked away from prayer feeling lighter, feeling encouraged, feeling I, I didn't. I, in fact, I think in a lot of ways, my own self-focus of all of my problems really held me down. Mm. So that really when the Lord gave me this revelation, for me what happened, I was walking through my kitchen and I had a thought prayer hit my head and it was this, Lord, teach me to love people the way you do. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it stopped me in my tracks because that was not a normal prayer for me. My normal prayers were very focused on my owies, my issues, my stresses, whatever I had. But that prayer, Lord, teach me to love people the way you do, set me on an odyssey of seeing him transform and change me mm. so that my prayer time really went from all about me to all about him. Yeah. Uh, most of my prayer time now is thankfulness. Lord, I just thank you for whatever, A, B, C, D. I just thank you for this. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that I can now boldly enter the throne room and receive mercy in time of need. I thank you, Lord, for the freedom of the cross. I thank you, Lord, that you say you want to co-labor with me. And Lord, you want to, you want me to be your hands and feet, that I am your inheritance and you are mine. Thank you for that. And you just kind of, when you know the scripture, you kind of pray it back to him. But what is your, you talk about that secret place we call it time that mm -hmm. intimacy time with mm -hmm. the lord mm -hmm. what does that look like for you because i think that would be really encouraging to other people to kind of have a model of mm -hmm. what it looks like yeah well i have some already uh like maybe um maybe i'm going through a particular book of the bible or something but i'll ask i'll ask almost every morning lord should i do this this morning no i want you to do this so i'll hear the spirit say no i want you to do this and um just the last couple of days um the samaritan woman in john four mm. i've seen it in in a certain level of, but he was just showing me this week about how much, uh, you, when you think of the Samaritan woman at the well, the Jesus man at the well, you don't quickly go evangelist. Does anybody think evangelist right away? No. But yet she became the first evangelist, a woman, no less, to a, to a village. Yeah, she brought and, the and entire would, village, right? And she would not have said, hey, I'm an evangelist. No, she's yeah. not. So when you hear evangelists, don't think of just Billy Graham or Louis Palau or something like that. It can be you and I. It can be she had a fresh testimony. Come here about this man who told me everything about me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> And uh, I think he might be the one. <laughs> yeah. She said, I think, he's, I think that's how she started out. I think he's the one. We've been talking about the anointed one. So... Um, and the amazing thing, as simple as her testimony was, like the whole village came, and and then they hear a word from Jesus, and they like they're begging him to stay for two days. Yeah. I mean, what an amazing. This is a Samaritan village, yeah. Which, if you're familiar with what that means, these are unclean. These are people that have broken the covenant. Jews and Samaritans don't get along. They hate each other, and there's been age-old animosity 
uh, dating all the way back to for about 250 years before Jesus. Mm -hmm. This dates way back. And uh, good Jewish boys didn't go to Samaria, right? right? right. But Jesus actually actively goes, Mm -hmm. takes the disciples with him. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's beautiful. That's the first place that he revealed that he is indeed the Messiah. Now, he did it many ways and in Mm -hmm. different ways, but that was the first one, John 4, where he completely says, yes. Uh, She says, are you the one we're waiting for, basically? And he says, yes, I am. I am am Messiah. Mm -hmm. To a Samaritan woman. Woman, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Jack. um, Who had a kind of imperfect life. (laughs) Indeed. Yes, you've had five husbands, that's yes, correct. indeed, you've and had five, and the ones you're with now you're not married to. Yeah. So that did not stop him or hinder his love for her, his ability to reach down and touch her. Because he knew that ultimately her heart, he didn't try to go to her heart right away, he just went and tell him about who he was, and he, well, he knew what he had to say. And um, the Spirit, Holy Spirit did the rest. Because when the disciples came, it's a very interesting thing, she like had time to reflect on the last thing Jesus said, the disciples showed up, and... Uh, and they, they don't ask Jesus questions like why they, they think it, but they don't ask it. But immediately the story goes, then she just dropped her water bottle and yeah. ran to town. I mean, she just, she got a revelation from Holy Spirit that he is the one. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. No, too, it's great. Too much on that. But no, it's great. And that know, was back to your story. Like, yeah. so where do you, you know, um, I don't think you need much of a testimony to go out and just tell people about the love of Christ, you know. And so don't get overwhelmed with the word evangelist. That's all I want to say. We're, we're just loving people. You know, if you call that evangelism, that's evangelism. But you're basically loving people where they are right now. Yeah. And waiting for Holy Spirit to show you and guide you maybe in specific things they need to be loved in. And I've yeah. found that, and I, and I love it, I'd love for you to talk about you do get fairly frequent and very accurate words of knowledge, which I'm, I'm always thankful when I'm around people like you because I honestly don't get a lot of words of knowledge. Um, but I've known people that have said, Lord, if you tell me what to say, mm. I'll go talk to that person. But what the Lord has shown me is you go start talking to that person and then I'll tell you what to say after you step out, which is very nerve wracking. Um, but once you activate and step step across the line and connect with someone, then Holy Spirit starts revealing things. Right. right. So maybe if you could talk about that, you know, we word of knowledge is discussed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Mm-hmm. It's a gift of the Spirit. It's available to every single believer. You get the whole package, I believe. Yeah. Um, but what is that like for you with getting a word of knowledge? And then how have you seen the Lord use that? Yeah. Yeah, I will. So um, I'll just back up first, though, to the part about prayer. Yeah, um, my, a little bit of my background, some uh, areas I have worked in, and ministry I worked in, is um, usually something called just listening prayer. Like okay. when believers are gathered together, and there's two or three or more of us gathered, that when we're praying and we're in the right spirit and the right mind, when we pray, you should expect to hear Holy Spirit. And sometimes you might have to wait, wait, and wait. But back to what you said about praying, I've on many occasions, after telling me how to pray for somebody, but then later on it's kind of maturing. He'll go, okay, now just go over. Just go over there and open your mouth. He's literally said, just go over and open your mouth. Like, okay. <laughs> and you start praying. And, of course, you can always start praying scriptures over somebody. You can't go wrong if you pray scriptures, right? So, and then next thing you know, he's, he's telling me what they need specifically. 
So that's back to that kind of answers that you're right. Sometimes okay. it's that faith and risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. That, yeah. you've, that you've. I've taught you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which I've been uh, yeah. taught that from so, other people. So um, that, that's kind of like you got to step out and do it. So an example of words and knowledge. So I will uh, start with. It's back to that heart thing I was talking about. Um, we were walking in. We were in a commercial business area. I was okay. with this young man, and walking down the sidewalk, and I saw a woman kind of to the left at my periphery, um, standing in front of a business. And the Lord says, "Go over. She needs prayer." So I said, hey, let's go over here. She needs prayer. And don't know what it's going to be, uh, just that she needs prayer. So I went up talk to her, just start talking to her. Hey, blah, blah, blah. Try to get first names. You know, really want to get first names can make it personal. So you're just being friendly. Yeah, being you friendly. Don't, you don't come right on the scene and say, can I pray for you? Well, actually, in this case, I kind of said, hey, I feel like I'm, do you need prayer for anything? I think that's how I started it. Because okay. the Lord said, and because um, there was a woman and he and I were guys and she's standing outside the business. There's some other women. It's actually a hair salon. She was okay. waiting to get her hair done, I think. Her nails done, so I hope this doesn't violate rules. But um, <laughs> there's a lot of people around. But um, and she just started. You could just see her countenance change, and her okay. she started tearing up almost like right away. Her husband had passed away. It was either like four or seven months. I think it was four months ago. Okay. But as I say, it was like it happened yesterday. It, her wound, her heart was so freshly still. She had not been healed. She had. It was just. And that's okay. It's a, I, and I, I kind of talked to her and said, it's okay that you're still in that place. You never want to rush out of grieving. You never want to gloss over grieving. You never want to stuff it. And um, so can we pray for you about that? And she said, yes. Yeah. She was very open to it because her heart was really tender right there. And so we just prayed for um, her to know uh, the love of the Father. And I don't remember specifically what we prayed. It was about six months ago when this happened. Um, but I know that, and then we asked her a question, do you, do you know Jesus? You know, we got to the very important yeah. question. She goes, well, I do, but I don't go to church right now. And I said, would you like to rededicate your life to, you know, kind of yeah. recommit yourself? And she did. And so um, I can't remember the rest of the story, but it was just simply listening to this woman needs prayer. And I think it was, and I think it was back to what I talked about at the beginning. A lot of times there's no physical thing wrong with her, mm-hmm. no cast, no wheelchair, no limp, just somebody who needed prayer. And it was the wound that you can't see, the one in the heart. Yeah. And that, that's an important wound we all need to address mm-hmm. and uh, not gloss over. A lot of times we just want to go bless, bless, bless. But a lot of times you need to go down that valley with them and be there, hold their hand, feel their pain, know their empathize with their pain and where they are right now. I mean, if that's where they are, that's where they are. And you can bring them up and end it with blessings and with peace and love uh, to bring them, you know, help them bring them out in that place. And how would you encourage our listeners to hear that, to know, I don't, I can't see the secret wounds. I don't know. I've got to get that information from Holy Spirit. How do I get to that point where I'm hearing that and I'm moving in that level of anointing. Well, in that case, I don't know. Just um, It's just listening. Um, the listening prayer model is very simple. It's just um, um, expecting the Holy Spirit to show up. And um, and um, I don't know, just hearing. I, I don't, it's hard to say. It, it's not something that comes right away. I don't think. I mean, okay. different. It, some people could come right away. I mean, there's no formula for it, obviously. But um, in that case, the Lord just said, she needs prayer. So mm-hmm. I went up in obedience and just went up and just showed love and just says, hey, do you need prayer for something? I feel like I'm supposed to ask you, do you need prayer for something? I kind of, I don't ever say the Lord. I, I used to say that. But then uh, our, our good friend, a pastor we know nationally, Robbie, said, you know, a lot of times he doesn't say that because then that puts pressure on God when actually I might have misheard. So he says, yeah. I feel like 
I'm supposed to pray for you. Yeah. Do you need prayer for something? I feel like I'm supposed to ask you that. And then the pressure's on me. If I heard wrong, then maybe I heard wrong. That's great. Good yeah. good advice on that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you when you engage and you're going to pray for someone, what I love about the way you're presenting this, Jack, is you're coming in gentleness. You're coming in peace. Mm-hmm. You can tell, you know, I'm sitting here in the studio with you, and I can just feel the comfort that you just exude. You don't have an agenda. You're just, you really are just moving in love. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you when you move in love, the Holy Spirit is going to give you what He needs, what you need, because He loves people way more than you do. Yes. And so if you just kind of get that thought in your head of Lord, you love these people, what do you have for them? And then it's almost like getting yourself out of the way. Yes, that's that's a good way to put it. And then more of him and Mm -hmm. less of you comes, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you'll actually hear more. Because, you know, what does the word say? Jesus says, my sheep know my voice. Yes. So if you're asking for, Lord, just show me. Here's a good good way to to do it. Lord, you love everyone I'm going to see today. Lord, would you just give me eyes to see people the way you do? And then just go about your life. Mm. But remember that you prayed that. And so have like a, an, an emotional tie-in when you see people. Uh, hey, I prayed that I would see people the way you do, Lord. How do you see this one? And then you just get quiet. And the first thing that pops into your mind, I've learned, is usually him. And then you have to step out and then you have to activate on it. Hey, I feel like the Lord just highlighted you to me. Hey, can I pray for you? You know, I feel like the, I feel like, do you have pain in your back kind of on the right side low? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it can get really specific. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then when they say, sometimes they'll say, no, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm like, okay, do you have any pain in your body? And I'll be like, yeah, it's in my, in my right shoulder really bad. Okay. Well, I said your right low back and it was actually your right uh, high back, back so i'm off yeah. by a foot but uh yeah. you know do you have any pain and mm-hmm. then you just activate or they'll say yes how do you know that mm-hmm. and i'll usually say uh i don't know it but the lord loves you and he told me probably because he wants i'm going to pray for you and the lord's about to heal you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'll throw that out there that's a right. big anvil in the pond but I've seen just with that activation, yeah, I, I don't know it, but the Lord knows it probably because he wants me to pray for you and he's about to heal you. Yeah. And then I pray for them and the Lord heals them. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason that happens is because I'm being obedient to what he showed me. Mm. I'm stepping out, but I'm also being kind of bold. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk yeah. about that of how the, the, the you know, the, the word says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. But the wicked run when nobody's chasing them. Right. <laughs> and I feel like with you, there is a lot of boldness with you, but it's tempered. Jack, I love it. It's tempered in such calmness and such love that it's not awkward. It's not offensive in any way. Mm. Well, thank you. But you've seen the Lord touch people. I'm going to tell a testimony about you. I don't mm. even know if you know this. So we were together on an outreach. Uh, we were doing an equipping session. And uh, we were in a group of, this was in December, I think we were in a group of about 50, 40, 50 of us. And we're out there waiting, and uh, I see Jack, he goes across the street, and there's this pharmacy there. Mm. And uh, I think you were with our friend Nathan. Yes. And there was a guy on crutches with a boot cast coming up to this pharmacy. And I see, I don't know what's going on, but I see y'all praying for this guy. And then I see this dude drop his crutch and run down the street 
on his boot cast, yeah. run back, and he gives you a hug. Yeah, yeah. What was going on with that, Jack? Yeah, um, <laughs> this man we'd seen earlier, and we know people pray for him. And we was like, hey, let's go over, see if he needs prayer some more. And, um, and uh, yeah, we went across the street, and uh, he was actually going into the pharmacy before it closed. Well, while we're talking and praying over him, uh, yeah, his his ankle got healed. I can't remember if he was a motorcycle accident, but it was it was a lot more than the ankle. It was like the whole leg. That's why he had the crutches. But yeah, he threw off those crutches and started. Now he still had a little bit of limp, but he was ready to roll. He was like he was believing complete healing. Uh, we because there was some um, issues of communicating. We weren't sure exactly if he got hundred percent healed, but he definitely threw down his, his crutches and went running down. I like, watched him run the down the street. The dude back, with the boot cast. Yeah, and came back, <laughs> and we were all jumping and praising God. And um, in the meantime, we're talking. He was just so thankful. Meantime, the pharmacy closes. The lady comes out of the pharmacy, locks up the door, and leaves. And and uh, he was like, "Oh, I was going to go in the pharmacy," he said, but I guess I don't need to anymore. He didn't need to. No, right? Because he got, he healed. got healed. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. for our listeners, if you could model. How did you pray for that man? How do you pray for somebody in that same or similar circumstance? What would that prayer sound like? Okay, sure. Um, I, I'm really, lately, you know, it changes as we grow and mature, or maybe we just make it simpler. But uh, I like the uh, Lazarus model prayer that Jesus does. Like, <laughs> Father, I know that you hear me. It sets the stage that, um, that the people know that we can talk to him as Abba, Father, as Papa, Dad. You know, Father, yeah. I know you hear me. I know you do. And um, I know you love this this dear one in front of me, and I know you love me. And uh, um, I say, he'll be healed in Jesus' name. If there's pain, infirmity, um, muscles coming, everything to come in perfect alignment, I speak complete healing over it. And just in Jesus' name, try to keep it simple and short. And um, yeah, because I think, and, and we've had some great equipping things from you guys and from others. Like, yeah, let's just keep it simpler. I've I've shortened my prayers in the last yeah. six months, <laughs> the nine months. Yeah, so thank you. So um, just really simple, like be yeah. healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, yeah. And then they throw it in their crutch and run down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so I laugh because it's just joyful and thrilling and relieving to know that you don't have to have a divinity degree. You don't mm. have to have – you know what? I've seen kids, six-year-old kids pray for people, and I've seen that person get out of a wheelchair. I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm-hmm. This is not because they have some depth of learning that you still need. You know what they have? They just walk in it. They just step into it. Whether you believe it fully or not, just try. Just activate, right? Mm-hmm. And keeping it simple, I think, is a huge element. So you don't have to pray long. You know, I've learned mm-hmm. – I actually learned this from practicing law. Uh, when I practiced law, I, I did a lot of criminal law, and uh, which, was, which was a great experience. And I learned when interviewing uh, defendants, just let them talk. Just let them talk, and they will tell you everything. everything. You don't have to ask a lot of questions. And the more they talk, the more they reveal. Yeah. Well, a lot of times that's because they were nervous, mm. and they didn't know what to say, so they would actually end up saying more than they should have said. Right. Nervousness is a key. When people just start going and talking, uh, nervousness, with nervousness, they will reveal a lot more. So when you're talking too much, you're revealing that you're nervous. Oh, okay. Okay? Yeah. This is what I've learned. I probably so, fall into that. <laughs> so if you – yeah, and we don't want to be nervous. We right. want to come in confidence. We want to come in authority. And it's not really about you anyway. 
so you don't have any power to heal anybody. Right. You can't mess it up because you can't do it anyway. But when we pray short and quick, um, commanding prayers, like you said, Lazarus, mm-hmm. come forth. Mm-hmm. That's when we see Holy Spirit activate. So I just want to encourage listeners. It's not about the many words. Right. In fact, I think there's a proverb about, uh, you know, with many words, sin abounds or sin increases or something. So keep it really simple. Um, Other things. What else have you seen, Jack, with testimonies? Yeah, so um, I I like to mention a failure. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, because this is a new thing, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me one morning I was going to get more of this. And then uh, we had some people praying over us. And then, like, within a couple weeks, somebody affirmed it, which is – you know, we, we talked about words of knowledge. Well, I don't know what you call it, but when your body experiences a pain in a certain area, we're like, where did this pain come like from? A, I didn't have yeah, this pain. I call that a sympathy pain. Sympathy pain, maybe a, a, a pain of knowledge or something. Yeah, when, when it's not yours but and you know. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So we were actually in this ministry uh, class at our, at our church like a couple weeks ago. And we'd had lunch break, and it was a couple hours later, and I, I know it wasn't what I ate because it would have been lower in the stomach, and it was just yeah. a sub. It wasn't that. It was high up. It was like right below my ribs. I mean, my ribs were like tender. I was like, ow. I said, okay, is this me, Lord? And he's like, no, that's somebody here. And so at the end of ministry, because you have to do it in the right proper time, the right place. And okay. it wasn't a ministry. I was I was a participant. So it wasn't my place to just. And so I was like, oh, I need to get the attention of the leader here and see if I can't just find out who it is because I know God wants to heal that person. I mean, he wouldn't be giving me that pain if he didn't want to heal that person. But so I got kind of got sidetracked and um Next thing I know, somebody's praying to close out, blessing the, the person who's doing the teaching lead. And then I like, and it was later, I was like, oh, I forgot. I just kind of did, I lost focus. So I guess if I'd call that a failure, but because literally, I got in the car to leave, my pain was gone. It's like, yep, that was for somebody else. It was for somebody and, else. And so I just know yeah. that that's, you know, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it disobedient. I mean, I actually didn't like, for, like, oh no, I don't want to do that, Lord. It was yeah. like, it was just, so grace, grace and mercy to all of us. You know, okay. we can make mistakes. We can maybe... Not stay focused. I don't know what it was. Maybe I wasn't focused. Maybe I didn't make a note. Mm-hmm. I wasn't intentional about, hey, I need to get his attention to go up and ask if I can pray. Because yeah. I know God would heal that person. I know it. You know, I think that's a great teaching point right now. Um, you know, so you're a really healthy guy. You're in great shape. I try to be really healthy. Uh, you know, I have a physical fitness, you know, lifestyle and ministry. And I know my body. Mm-hmm. I know my body pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm getting older, so I know some of those normal owies that come. I know my body. Right. But when I get something odd out of the ordinary like why did my right ankle just start hurting fairly dramatically i haven't hurt myself i got nothing going on what i've learned is that could very easily be the lord giving you insight that you are going to either be right then like right around you at that moment or very soon you are going to be around somebody that has that pain yes and then it's incumbent on you as a good son mm-hmm. to obey your father, and you'd say this. You know, you have to step out. And I do it this way. I uh, say I'm standing in line at a coffee shop or Starbucks, and I get a an odd pain in my right ankle that I know is not me. I know I haven't heard it. I know this is out of the ordinary. I would just look around, and I'd see if there's anybody that sort of caught my eye more than normal. Mm. Because I found that that's kind of like the Lord will call your attention to him. Right. But if I don't get that, I have been known to do this. I would say usually to the one that's the most natural discussion, like maybe the barista, I would say, hey, random question. (laughs) That's the way I intro it. Random question. 
do you have pain like in your right ankle, like kind of on the right ankle, like on the back side of the right ankle? And I have had them say, oh my gosh, yes, how do you know that? Am (laughs) I limping? And I say, no, 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 you're not at all. Just the Lord shows me stuff about people because he loves you. Can I just pray for your ankle real quick? Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, if you get a odd random pain or something, it may be that that's not for you. That's for somebody else. And the Lord just is cluing you into their hurts because he loves them. And I'll go one more step farther, Jack, and you're the perfect one to talk to about this. If there's ever been a time where you just have kind of a sudden and surprise feeling of sadness or depression or anxiety or something, and you're like, this is weird. I don't normally feel anxiety. I'm, why am I so afraid right now? Why am I so depressed all of a sudden? Did I not get a lot of sleep last night? You know, whatever. You start processing. What if that's the same sympathy pain? For mm. someone you're immediately in the presence of or you're about to be mm. someone that's feeling anxiety or depression. And I feel like, Jack, that was one thing you said about the inner hurts, right? the internal pains you can't see. Right. So if you get an instant feeling of foreboding or fear or something, you know, I, I wouldn't turn to the guy behind me in Starbucks line and say, you know, random question, are you feeling suicidal right now? Yeah. I wouldn't say that. That's yeah. that's very awkward. Right. But I would say, Lord, can you just show me who this is for? And then what I do is I just do encouraging words. Let's just say it's for the barista. Um, you know, I wouldn't say, hey, are you feeling suicidal? I would say, hey, I just feel like the Lord is telling me to tell you he sees you and he loves you mm-hmm. and it's gonna be okay right i don't know what it is right and i've actually done that exact thing with a with a starbucks barista or you know some coffee shop drive through and you know as you're waiting for your coffee and i just felt like the lord showed me he just impressed on me tell her i know her i see her i love her and everything's gonna be okay which to me was like incredibly vague I would really rather be like, and the Lord knows that, you know, your little boy is going to be okay with that tonsil surgery he has tomorrow. I want to be really specific. Right. But he told, he just said, just let her know I see her, I love her, and that it's going to be okay. So I said this to this woman. She instantly starts to tear up and cry right there on the job looking at me. And she's processing. And she says, thank you. Thank you so much. I was just praying this morning that the Lord would just give me a sign because it's really hard right now. And I said, no, he loves you. He sees you. And I said, I'm going to be praying in my car after I leave here because I got a line of cars behind me. I'm not going to tie her up. That's awkward. She's got she's to keep it moving, man. Right. I get it. Yep. So I just said, hey, as I drive away, I'm going to be praying for you. And she said, thank you. And she cries a little more. She has to get a napkin and dry her eyes. So, Jack, you were talking about the internal hurts of people. Yeah. yeah. Are there other ways that you've seen, you know, testimonies of the Lord move in and and relieve people of those and heal people and break bonds? and? Yeah, just um, actually no specifics. But, I, you know, um, I can't say – that's interesting you mentioned that. I can't say I, – I need to be attuned to that a feeling of depression or anxiety or fear. But I certainly see – I mean, we communicate nonverbally – 80%, right? So whatever. But you can see like at the grocery store, the workers or people walking around the store, 
you can just see the continents. You can just see how they're carrying themselves and they're downcast. They're not doing well. Yeah. And just, it's like what you just said. Just say, hey, can I just pray for you right now? Give you a word of encouragement or help you? Um, Anything specific you want me to pray for, uh, for you right now? Or, um, yeah. So it's, it's for me right now, uh, for where I am is, is just observing. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have to look too hard. I mean, in this culture where we are today right now. You really don't. Nope. And and if you start your day with, Lord, let me see people the way you do. Give me mm-hmm. your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then he does. And he gives you insight into hurting people because he loves them. Right. Honestly, guys, he, he loves them so much more than you can even imagine. And he's waiting on us to step in and be his hands and feet. Yes. So I want to thank you for tuning in to the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert, and it is our joy every week to share with you real-life testimonies of regular Christians just like you who are praying for people in the public square as a normal part of their daily lives. And they're not just praying simple, innocuous prayers. They're praying power and authority prayers, and they're seeing people dramatically healed. They're seeing supernatural healings. They're seeing suicide turned away. I mean, my guest last week has seen like three suicide, uh, people that were suicidal, uh, that broken off mm. in, you know, in, in real time right in front of him. This is the bread of the children. This is available to every believer. And if you're feeling like your Christian walk is dry or stale, I want to tell you this might be exactly why, because you're not stepping in, you're not activating as a carrier of the presence. You know, in the Old Covenant, we all know the Ark of the Covenant um, was the, the the mercy seat of God. It was the, the very presence of God among his people, and that God's presence was inhabiting the Ark. Well, in the New Covenant, after the cross, the Word says that you are that. You are the Ark of the Covenant. Every day, everywhere you go, in every capacity, you are the carrier of his presence, whether you feel it or not. And my guest tonight is Jack Bain, and Jack just, in, in the Holy Spirit inhabits him in such a way, there's such a level of comfort and peace in him. And he's seeing the Lord co-labor with him and his wife as a normal part of their everyday life, they're seeing people saved. They're seeing people healed. And Jack, as a carrier of the presence, what are some ways that you can encourage other people to uh, to kind of step into the fullness that they are a carrier of the presence? If you're a believer, if you have prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord, then you are a carrier of his presence no matter what you feel. So maybe, Jack, can you talk about that? I feel like I feel like our listeners are thinking, well, you know, I don't feel very holy I don't really know what to say. I don't feel uniquely blessed or whatever or anointed. Is that a bar? Is that, do they need to step into some higher level first before the Lord is going to co-labor with them? No, I, I'd i say, um, you know, you cannot, I mentioned this earlier, you cannot go wrong by praying over scriptures over somebody. So if you know uh, even a few scriptures, you can pray that over somebody. I, just yesterday, um, I have worked, um, actively moved out at, at my workplace. Um, with the COVID, a lot of people have left the office and not there, so people are starting to come back. And um, just the other day, and I've known this for a while, this is, this is an, maybe this is a good intro. You know, 
You cannot kind of know who people who are believers, kind of some who are really filled with the Spirit of God. Yeah. And because I've seen this woman, she's probably like my wife's and I age, and I've seen her around there for uh, some time. It's like she can just see the joy in this woman. I mean, you just say like she's a so. Um, that morning, I walked in, and next you know, I'm walking back into the lunch break room. Uh, everybody's putting everything in the refrigerator or whatever. Uh, and I said, um, I can't remember how it started, but I, I, the Spirit specifically spoke to me about just bless her. Okay. And um, and so I, I just want to say that's a good way to start. <laughs> if you even if it's other believers and you just want to bless somebody, maybe that's an easy first step for somebody. So what would that sound like? So yeah, I um, um, I just said, um, um, hi, I'm Jack. I met her. At, got her name and I said you know I know this might sound strange but I you know the Lord don't you okay and she says oh yeah she says yeah oh I, and she started saying how much she loves her and how much she's so thankful she's so blessed by God and and um, <clears throat> and I said I felt like the Lord really wanted me to bless you this morning just can I just pray over you and bless you and uh, I just I don't even think I asked her I just started saying it I just said you know I, I know the Lord loves you and because it's what I've seen on you. I told her, it's so like, you carry the joy. I see the joy in you. And I, and I probably should have spoken to you earlier, but I can tell that you are the, a daughter of the king. And it just shows. And I just said, I, I just want to thank you for your, um, the way you carry it. I guess she's a good steward. That's the word I'm looking for. She was a good steward of the Holy Spirit. And, um, and it just shows and it reflects and people can see it on you. And I just blessed her. And she was very thankful for that. Amen. But, um, you know, I I think uh, I hadn't talked planned on talking about that, but that yeah. question I think was like because it's a good easy you know, it doesn't have to. And it could be at your church on Sunday morning. Maybe you start there and just hey, I've seen you and I just want you an encouragement to me. Um, you know, you bless us. You um, you bless the, the church members. You bless my family because I can. You, you carry the joy of the Lord, and, and maybe it's something as simple as that. You yeah. know, maybe that's just as simple. I think a, a good way if you're wondering how to access and kind of step into this. You know, a natural way is, hey, how can I pray for you? I just feel like the Lord highlighted you to me. Hey, how can I pray for you? Or, hey, I just feel like the Lord highlighted you to me. I just want you to know he sees you. I feel like he's saying he sees you and he loves you. And you leave it there. You just kind of drop the mic with that. Mm -hmm. And you see kind of where people go. Mm -hmm. Over and over, I have seen people just melt and they process for a minute. You can kind of see them processing. And then there's a purity of thank you. Thank you. I really needed that. Mm. A lot of people tear up. Men too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and what I've learned from that is that's not me. Mm-hmm. I don't have like some incredible social skill set. That's the spirit of God in me. And he'll do the same thing with you. Just naturally activate. Hey, I, I just want you to know I feel like. I feel like God is telling me to tell you he loves you and he sees you and you just leave it. Now, this will be very awkward for people, but I don't always bring Jesus's name into it. I don't always, my friend says, drop a J-bomb. Uh, you know, Paul on Mars Hill in with the Athenians, he says, hey, I see you are a very religious people. And he talks right. to them all about how, re- and let me tell you about the temple of the unknown God. Let me tell you about this unknown God. Hmm. Paul with the Athenians, he never says the name of Jesus, but he preaches Jesus to them, right? right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, that's okay, guys. There's a model for that. You can say, hey, I just really feel like God is telling me he just wants you to know he loves you so much. And you see where it goes. 
And now if I do pray for them, I always say this. I always say, hey, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Can I just pray a blessing on you? Hmm. Because I want them to know kind of the foundation of where I'm coming from. Because sometimes right. people are weird. Like, oh, yeah. You know, what are you going to pay for? What are you going to, yeah. yeah. Who yeah. are you? You're going to like yeah, yeah. rub some beads together, light some right. candles, go, right. you know, is there, you know, so strangle a chicken? <laughs> I don't know. Right. So I like to let people know that right. it's going to be, you know, I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. Right. So I don't deny that, but you don't have to come in, you know, kind of heavy and awkward with people. You just kind of feel the situation and then. I just feel like God wants me to tell you he loves you so much and he sees you. And I know, Jack, you've used that exact same intro. And you've seen people healed. You've seen people saved. You've seen people, um, you know, kind of spring to new life, Mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So how can our listeners kind of move from where they are now into, into that as a normal part of their daily life? What would, how would you encourage them? Um. As you go about your day, work, um, store, and, and you know, say for men, like a lot of times, um, I need to say this definitely for men because I'm I'm a I'm a tactical shopper. <laughs> I too. know what I want. I want to get in and get out. Right? Yes. <laughs> I'm zoned in. Indeed. I got flappers on my eyes. I really don't want to. I just get in. But I need to. Um, not I need to, but many times I, when I'm not in a rush, try not to be in a rush. Try to go. Okay, I'm gonna come in here and get this, and just okay, Lord, who you, who's the one? It's like uh, our friend Victoria. Who's the one you want me to see today, Lord, or show or talk to today? And uh, I've been trying to really ask that question. And um, There's an evangelist we heard recently, Keith Mitzel. I don't don't want to drop names, but I never heard of this guy before. But he he says, I try to tell uh, one person a day about Jesus, you know, evangelize to one person a day. So I'm not there yet, but I don't know. I don't know if I sidetrack, but that's. I think that's um, a great. That's it's a, a great gauge, you know, yeah. you know, can, how, what would it look like if every day you said, Lord, just, I just want to pray for one person today. And right. by one person, I mean, organically in the world, right? not like, you know, your wife, when you come home or right, your, right, right. your son over fo- the phone, right. but you know, a, a stranger, a, somebody you don't know very well. Mm-hmm. And then Lord, would you just give me eyes for the one today? Right. And I started with that. And then I went to three a day. Lord, I want my, who are my three today? And I don't always do three, but sometimes I do four. And just by stepping out there and just by having that on your radar, it makes the Father so happy. This is what the Christian life is supposed to look like. Not us just sitting in church and doing church, although you need to be part of a body. You know, it's not good for us to be alone. You need to be under the authority of a, of a, of a local church. You need to have Amen. a pastor, all these things. Yes. But then, you know, the Holy Spirit will direct you individually and to be his hands to hurting people. And then it's incumbent on us, I think, to step out in risk when mm. it feels a little awkward maybe yeah. and just step in there and let people know that Jesus sees them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Um, yeah, love. Love, yeah. no, no authority without love. Um, so it has to come with love first. And, um, and so back to the stores, the work, yeah. it's not, it's not a, maybe a task like you're doing at work. I've got a project schedule I've got to meet. I've got to get through these things. I'm not doing them in love, but I've got to do them. <laughs> Whereas when you're dealing with people, you want to be in love. And yeah. it's not a task. It's not a job. It's like let, just let it flow. Let the Lord show you who, 
who's the one you want to love on. And, and like I said, it's kind of looking at the externals, the, uh, the, the nonverbals. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people are hurting and, um, and you, you know, God will give you that opportunity. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it is at some point it is, uh, sometimes you'll make it easy at first, but then as he is maturing and growing us, it's like, okay, now you need to kind of take a step out. It's mm, true. Should I talk to this person? Okay. I'm going to give it a try. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you step out and, um, it always comes down to growth comes to obedience, growth in the Lord, spiritual maturity is directly related to obedience. That's, that's, I'd say the most important thing for everybody. And yeah. obedience looks like, I'm just going to. For me, what obedience looks like is, okay, Lord, this is what I see you doing in the scriptures, so I'm just going to do what you did. I'm just going to act like you. I'm going to talk to people the same way mm. you talk to them. Um, I'm going to just I'm just going to move to what I see you doing because you're my model for all things in faith and morals. So, okay, Lord, this is how you did it. I'm going to do it too. That's what really changed my life. It changed my marriage. It changed the way I engage with my employees. It changed my friendships. It changed everything. And and I feel like people that are listening are saying, okay, you just come in love. Well, I don't feel very loving. Right. I'm pretty irritated actually at my boss and most of my coworkers. That's good. I really don't feel loving, so how do I <gasps> stir up the love? Right. You know, uh, what would you say to those people? I would say go back into your closet. Your go prayer closet. Go back into your prayer closet. And, yeah. let's get, and that's back to that peace thing I talked about. Yeah, you're not operating peace. It's not going to work. So um, go back and get, get yourself straight with the Lord. And if you need to, it's kind of like don't bring the offering until you've gone and, and forgiven and reconciled brother, with yeah. your brother or sister. So. If, you, if you've got some stuff going on with your wife or your children or a neighbor, whatever, reconcile first. I, and, um, I love that. And then uh, get straight with the Lord. Um, yeah, like, quick little thing. So a lot of times in worship, why am I thinking of this bad thing? Why am I thinking of this thing? Or maybe it's this strife I've got over here. Or maybe it's some sin I've had. That's, that's not the enemy coming. That's the Lord showing. You need to give that up to me right now. Mm-hmm. You can come to worship me, but first give that, confess that thing, get that thing off of you. So that's all part of, I don't know if that's, but that, that leads, that help gets, gets the peace back, gets the it's love great. back. Get yourself clean with the Lord, get straight, do communion if you want at home, whatever you need yeah. to do. Um, confess it to a brother, James five sixteen. confess your sins to one another and pray for each other. You will be healed. Um, so those are all good. Um, yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. If you get the anger, like, let's go get straight first. It's okay. Grace and mercy to you. Grace and mercy always, right? To all of us, right? Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, this is not something that you work up in the natural. This is not something you just need to go to another clinic, another training. You need to go to another thing. No, this is you just need to be, you be who the Lord says you are. Right. You know, he paid a price for us to be sons and daughters. He says, I no longer call you servants. I call you sons. We are now heirs with, co-heirs with Christ. It's actually amazing. When you become a believer, you change natures. The old is gone. The new has come. You've crossed over from death to life. For now, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You become a new creation. Well, what's the new creation? The new creation is you're now a son. You're now a daughter. Well, I don't feel like a son. I don't feel like a daughter. It doesn't matter how you feel. Mm-hmm. It matters what the Word says about you. Right. And then whether you feel especially loving or not, you don't have to feel it. You just say something. You know, The prayer would sound something like this. Lord, I sure don't feel especially loving right now. But, mm. Lord, you live in me. Right. And you said 
that I am to be your hands and feet, and out of me will come rivers of living water. Yes. So, Lord, I just thank you right now. You thank him for what you don't see. Yeah. Right. I just thank you right now, Lord, that you are love inside of me. Would you just love through me today? In Jesus' name, amen. And you take it out of your ability because it's not about you anyway. You know, Jesus said anyone who would come after me must first deny himself. Yes. Deny yourself. It's not about how you feel. It's about what he's doing. So I deny myself. It's not about me. I feel surly. I feel irritable. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's not about you. Deny myself. Okay, Lord, but you made me to be love. So, Lord, would you just inhabit me today? Lord, you live in me. Would you just inhabit me with your presence today in such a way that your love bubbles out on every single person I see? In Jesus' name, amen. And then you go to the break room yeah. and put your stuff in the refrigerator <laughs> and the Lord opens your eyes to someone, uh-huh. right? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or then you just go to the grocery store. You go about your business. And every day, if you start your day with that sort of mentality, then you're just putting yourself in as a son in the hands of a good father and he is going to co-labor with you. And my guest tonight has been Jack Bain. And Jack, I just want to thank you for everything that you've shared. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. it. It's exciting. I feel like everything you shared, you make it really approachable. Uh, I would love it if you could pray for our listeners, uh, for whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, Lord, I just ask you to bless um, the listeners tonight, um, that you would open their hearts to your love. Uh, that they would walk out as sons and daughters that you created them to be, and to know they carry the presence of heaven with them, Lord. And that, that, that it, 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 it changes the atmosphere. Where they walk into a room, it's like a time bomb going off, and your heaven's presence is there, Lord, and that your love exudes and flows out of these sons and daughters. My brothers and sisters, I ask you to bless them, Lord, and give them your peace. I should have blessed him with your peace, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible. Episode 24, Jack Bain. Make sure you tune in for our next episode where we meet Jamie Bagwell. Jamie is our first deliverance testimony. Jamie has been delivered of unclean spirits, and she's going to tell you about it. She's going to tell you what it felt like from her perspective and the freedom that she moves in now. It's absolutely a thrilling testimony of the Lord releasing the captives. You got to check it out.